it shouldn't be much longer now. Uh, I got my Bluetooth headphones, fingers crossed. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. I am also on Bluetooth, so I'm glad to hear voices. As am I. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited that all of us are hearing voices. <laughs> it's a great, positive, healthy development. Now, the thing is for me, the app is still buggy. Like, I, I hear the audio coming out of my phone still. <laughs> but I think I will just bear with Twitter spaces on Android for now. Um, Listen, you can't have everything you want, okay? You guys are right. And I got to be quick fire on muting myself <laughs> when I'm done. So in the meantime, how are you guys doing? How was your day? Uh, I'm doing good. How are, how are you guys all? I'm very excited just to, to be doing this. I, I've been looking forward to it all week. I am uh, doing well. Thank you. It's uh, a nice time of year where I am. Uh, so balancing trying to be more outdoors with work. It's always a challenge. I work at a most of my music work is at a studio that's an outdoor botanical garden that my mom put together so i i get to be i'm lucky enough to have most of my work be outdoors that is the best of both worlds that is awesome so i sent out a invite uh okay yes all right so the super team has been assembled. Uh, I, I think we're about good to get started. So, uh, yeah, so the point of today's conversation, I wanted to just uh, talk about Dolly 2. Um, it's been out for, you know, two or three weeks now. Uh, this is such a transformative technology. Um, the purpose of today's conversation is to just chat about our first impressions, how we're finding it. Uh, what has been the artistic experience. We can chat about community stuff. We can talk about different learnings. Uh, we could talk about sort of a creative journey, how it's changing your creativity, how you think about the work. We can even talk about specific projects, stuff that you know, you've done with Dolly 2 that you're excited about. I have a bias towards community stuff. So uh, we've got Sensure, who's a mod on uh, r slash Dolly 2. So we can also chat about the community angle. As, and then after, after we've talked about some of this stuff briefly, we're then going to just take questions from the audience. Uh, I'm assuming lots of people have questions about Dolly too. So short intro, I, I run a YouTube channel uh, called Bax to Future. My name is Bax, and I also run a podcast called Multimodal. So uh, Dolly 2 beta user, having a lot of fun. Uh, Danielle, did you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, everyone. Um, uh, I'm Danielle. I've been uh, addicted to Dolly 2 for like a month. Um, and my background, uh, I used to used to work in theater, immersive theater, as like a props maker, set designer, sculptor, uh, do lots of visual art and do internet pranks. And I also, uh, yes, build, I build weird internet art projects. I'm using Dolly for a lot of things that we'll get to. Should I hand uh, it off to someone else? Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, Lapine. Thank you, Danielle. Hello. Um, so I have been a Dolly user since early April. Uh, some background on me is I actually work in, come from an open source space. I manage an open source repository for a pandemic response nonprofit, uh, though we have pivoted um, to provide relief uh, to the war in Ukraine. Um, I also run a permaculture project nonprofit in the Bay Area. In terms of my artistic background, I do a lot of welding and upcycling of materials into 
talking about functional art, so things like gates or sculptures, uh, I'm also a painter and previously painted for several theaters on the East Coast. Uh, and much like Danielle, I have also been a DALI addict since April. And I will hand over to August. Thank you, Lapine. I uh, have been using DALI. It's funny, I, somebody said six weeks had been how long DALI was out in a conversation that I had like a couple days ago, and I believed that easily. And then you said two or three weeks, and I believed that easily. I think I've lost track of time completely. Um, I My background is... A long time ago, I was a boy on Disney Channel, and now I'm a girl who's mostly a musician, and uh, I do visual art, usually processing stuff in like Photoshop that starts as photography, but I started mixing in AI stuff pretty heavily around when Midjourney came out, if anyone's familiar with Midjourney, and then Dolly 2 got announced, and I, I don't know, I sort of found my way in, in, in just the nick of time, and I I uh, have just been, yeah, it's it's been where I make most of my art for the last uh, month or so. And I'll hand it over to uh, Cinch. Yeah, hi everyone. Um, it's really weird to hear my username pronounced. Hasn't, if I haven't had it before, um, I mean, there was no need to do it. Yeah, um, my name is Isaac. So my background is photography and uh, compositing. So... I've been using Photoshop for a very long time. I also do content moderation for um, the subreddit Dali2. Just that's all. Have we missed anyone? Also very impressed that like the, the Dali2 subreddit is like so active and busy. So that is a major job. Very impressed. Yeah, thank you. It's really um, growing very fast these days. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the reason I, I definitely wanted Sench here is, is, you know, that growth is intentional, right? I think Sench uh, Whiskey is also just an awesome user. I've, I've tweeted about him in the past. He was active on the GPT-3 subreddit. You know, they've kickstarted the community by taking, like, following the hashtag and uploading images on our behalf as the users just to get the discussion going. And now it appears with the Dolly 2 subreddit, you know, there's like a flywheel going of, you know, people uploading their own works, different people voting on it. I saw it go from 6K to 10.2K within like a week, right? So we're actually very lucky to have Sench here uh, to, because he's, he's been a huge part of that. Um, but so just to sort of kickstart the discussion. So Danielle, you mentioned something about the addictiveness. This is something I found. I found myself as well, not only addicted, but hoarding. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think like the, well, what sort of has happened to me is that I'm just like walking around in the world or like if I'm at a museum or even just like looking at street art or looking at color combinations and I just note to myself, I want to look this up and I want to like get back to this zone in Dolly later. Uh, I had this crazy experience. I was in Mexico a few weeks ago at the Anthropology Museum and I was like looking at um, these jaguar, these Aztec jaguar flutes. And I, you know, I'm there looking at this amazing, incredible artifact. And I'm like, I want to see more of these on Dolly. What if I change the animal? And so like that sort of, you know, thing creeping into my brain, I feel like is this sort of like, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's sort of crazy how it has just permeated through my brain where I think about Dolly a lot. <laughs> so, uh, 
August, Lafine, did, did you guys want to comment? Because one thing I find interesting about Dolly, it's not like social media where it's designed to be addictive, right? It's not built into the product. It just panned out that way. So what, exactly. what do you guys think? What's the reason? I, I find it addictive just sort of by nature of, of creative making things being addictive. And I think that the more you make that an easy, accessible, comfortable thing to do, the more it can become a leisurely activity as much as it's a productive activity. Uh, and, and I'm very much for, you know, art for the sake of art, art for the sake of having a picture that you like, you know. Uh, and I feel like we've seen so many hecklers in the last couple of weeks of just the AI art isn't art argument, which I'm sure we'll get to in the conversation. But it's, yeah, just fundamentally, I don't believe that. I think that it's, it's so fun to be able to see. I, I put in dirt a lot. That's the most addicting thing for me is, is, uh, trying to just actually quantify and visualize places that I've seen in dreams. I don't know, does anybody, has anybody else done that? Yes. Also, wait, has anyone experienced their dreams? I don't know if this is correlated, but I feel like I've had more vivid dreams since using Dolly. Oh, absolutely. I've also had dreams with similar visual artifacting to Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, had I mean, yeah. experience as well. Um, <laughs> regarding the dreaming I've actually seen a, a few users talk about that and uh, I guess it's very interesting that and Daniel too that you've kind of used Dolly to explore some of your dreamscapes um, I have found that for me when I first uh, had access to Dolly I kind of didn't know what to make of what I was uh, prompting and it's kind of interesting to go back and I look at you know, these hordes of images I have on my computer and see the evolution of how my prompting has changed. Because of course, when I first got it, I was just doing like what a lot of people do and asking for just the strangest things. Because for me, it felt like I was talking to an oracle, like show me this, this thing that does not exist. Um, and just continually blown away by it. And then the evolution from that is learning to shape your prompts um, so that you are kind of guiding this oracle to show you more specifically what you want um and again back to the dream the dream mention uh i have had i remember quite early on i had a dream in which i was able to use in painting to remove some part of my dream uh so i certainly know that it is you know at least activating parts of my brain or creative processes very similar it feels to me very similar as how i've been in if i'm wrapped up in a, a painting or uh, designing a project it's it's very engrossing um and it's 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 kind of hard for me to explain to people in my life uh, that had asked me out of curiosity but the best best example or best way i can say it is that it's like talking to an oracle absolutely no i absolutely agree with that it feels like having a it's like we're seeing a lot of the media that we're, we've been seeing for so long on screens, which is like a little window or a painting. We're seeing so much stuff jump into VR. And, and Danielle, you mentioned you've worked in immersive theater. I'm sure that you've seen a lot of work translated to VR and seen what translates well and what doesn't. Uh, but uh, it's interesting because Dali is the AI sort of side of sort of catching up with this. It feels like the holodeck. We can have anything that we want to see but right now we have the little window we have this little window in and i'm so i'm just looking five years down the line when we'll be able to you know how long until we're able to generate imagery in stereoscopic 3d at a high enough resolution to run on a headset like it just opens so many doors in my brain yeah totally i wonder about that like if this is applied to like like instant 
instantly generating a movie, right? Like you can enter, you can like choose what you want, what zone you want to be in, describe the visuals. You're the star of it. <laughs> That's very ready, ready player one. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm. I, I feel like we're. It's so clear that that's yeah. the direction that we're drifting. Yeah, but there is also the idea that you want to like share. I, I mean, I often, I often just like will text results. I'll just send all the images to friends because I'm so excited about the thing, and I'm like, enter this world with me. Uh, so I think I like the idea of like using these tools not just to create an experience for yourself, but like sort of being a curator of other people's experiences. Absolutely, and on the point of of the addictiveness that you were talking about with just being out in the world, seeing things, thinking how can this translate into Dali? Uh, I I had two little notes on or, or just just things that occurred to me with that the first that with text diffs which i don't know when that's coming and i don't know what diff is short for, but when that comes uh they will essentially right now what you can do for photo editing is you can put a photo in and you crop it to a square generally i like to employ photoshop to help with the resolution i like to crop way in for these and you can erase an area and then say what you want the photo to be and so let's say you have a photo of a grassy field and you erase an area of the field. This is just for people who don't, who, who, you know, who, who aren't using it. Um, it, it. You ask it for a grassy field with a buffalo in it. And then it will generate a, a series of options. And one or two of those will usually be a coherent buffalo. And what, I mean, let alone that opening my mind as far as every picture I take now is a canvas. Every single sight that I see is something I can expand on in my own creative way. But then with text tips, what they will be doing is essentially, and this is coming a, a month or two, I think, a DTS said, uh, you'll be able to put an image in, not erase any of it necessarily, but like ask for a difference for the image. Ask for just, uh, you know, if you put a picture of a dog in, say this dog, but a cartoon. Or Oh, you could do yeah. style. You could change the style. Or you could say this dog, but on a skateboard. Mm, but it would keep the composition. But it would keep the composition, and, and moreover, it would hmm. keep the kind of dog that it is, and it would keep the, if the dog had a hat, the dog would continue to have a hat, things like that. Uh, Aditya posted a lot of things of demodernizing modern equipment, uh, like an iPhone, and essentially subtracting the word modern from it. And it like it, it's it's crazy Th these are the only ones i've seen animated as well uh they're very artifacty but they're very cool looking i can't wait to see the music videos that will happen when this is in in the labs api yeah i'm i'm, I'm definitely excited about text diffs as well i you know want to echo the, the dream stuff it's like 4k dreaming uh, i know somebody who bought a course on lucid dreaming and i was like you know you should use dolly <laughs> because uh, it will turn up the volume and everything on your dreams. And it's, I mean, it's crazy to talk about, but maybe there's something deeper with language, right? And how we sort of bind visual stuff to language so that maybe in our dreams, well, when we're thinking out loud or something, it's just, uh, it's bound so much better visually that our, our dream experience has, is also improved. Um, one of my friends is a writer and they described similar parallel where they have vivid dreams as well. And so I don't know if this is true across other creative disciplines or people who are really into it. Um, but really exciting. And the text stuff is, is also, uh, what I like about it is potentially this idea that we can continue working on what we already have. I think in, in painting in its current state needs still needs some work. I think it's a good version one. It's pretty subtractive. 
or, or it just um sometimes it'll give me the same image back right yeah i feel like that happens if the radius is too small and and so so by the way like uh i'm, I'm glad lapina's here like i've noticed lapina's done a lot of a fair amount of in painting i don't do any in painting at all by the way like i i go purely just prompts and part of the reason is I feel like if I do in painting, I will be on Dolly 24 hours a day. Like, because it just opens up <laughs> so many more possibilities. So, Lupine, did you want to comment, like, especially the stuff you've got going on with the piglets? Sure. Um, that is actually a, a really good point is um, the amount of in painting I do. And I try to indicate when I've done a lot of in painting. I will use in painting to clean up stray artifacts, which Dolly does do, especially if I'm asking for a painting and it... Um, you know, the hand will be off or there'll be an object that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I've actually done what is similar to the, the text diff, which I think may be differentials. Uh, I've used in painting to take a photograph of my dog, for example. And then I describe the image to Dolly. So I say a photograph of a small tan chihuahua wearing a striped hoodie. And then I make the in painting selection tool as small as it can go. And I pick one spot at a time and go. And I end up a digital art image of that. I've done that with my pig and my dog. Um, so that's probably my heaviest use of in-painting. But my favorite thing, as some of you might know, are statues. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of people know this, but we're asked not to share photorealistic faces of people, whether or not they're actual humans or AI generated. So for me, I thought, okay, well, statues could be a way to um, ask for very emotive expressions, expressions on the face, um, and convey kind of emotional state without breaking that rule. And for that, I surprisingly don't use as much in painting on their faces. Uh, it handles emotional context extremely well. And even for the photorealistic animals I've done, I have not had to use much in painting. So I've kind of come to realize that if it's something that there, you know, a lot of that image would exist in the training image set or the training uh, base, then you're probably not going to have to do as much in painting if you are asking for, um, you know, some crazy Victorian painting or Western painting or, or digital art that it doesn't, there has been no similar image to that before. Um, but to your point, yes, if you did in painting, you will spend a lot of time. It kind of sucks you in and you, uh, it's not like an inconvenience. It's, um, it's kind of this joyous experience of like, okay, I've asked it for this small change what's it going to give me? You get better results out of in painting than point blank. I can get on a great day. And also then I think I've seen anyone outside of people who, excuse me, who work for the company getting like the, the, for me in painting sort of gets after a couple rounds, it gets a little deep fried looking and somehow you avoid that and somehow you keep it so clean and true to the original tone of the piece that you started with. I, I just have a very, uh, I, I'm sort of always in disbelief when you say certain things are heavily in-painted. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. The key really, again, with the in-painting is I often will leave the original text there, but I will add additional words, if it's really not going at all how I've wanted, kind of like a stubborn donkey or mule that won't move, I will actually remove most of the text and start over, but only with the area selected for in painting. It does require 
a fair amount of patience. And I think one thing that's going to be somewhat misunderstood about Dolly is it, it is not as instantaneous as most people think. Certainly for some things it is. You can get quite a close image with uh, just a single prompt, but the more you're willing to sit with it, the better your results. And, you know, it's interesting uh, that you mentioned uh, you had a friend that was a writer that had this very creative, uh, described very creative dreams. I think that's part of the creativity behind Dolly is the, the way that you, so to say, talk to it. Um, there are many times where I'm writing or prompting almost as if I'm describing the image that I want for someone that has limited or no sight, um, or like a caption you would see on a photo on the internet that has some sort of assistive um, capabilities. So it's just a very, very descriptive prompt. That's a great way to put it. Twitter text is a great uh, example of that. And it, in fact, there's a medieval creatures drawings Twitter page that does such a good job of being extraordinarily descriptive and funny with their alt text. And it always yields fantastic prompts verbatim. Playing with Dully has also made me realize how insufficient my alt text has been in the past. Like I try to do it on images sometimes and I will not always depict like the quality of the sunlight or like, you know, other details or the word shiny. And so I think like with Dolly for a while makes you kind of better at just like describing exactly what you're looking at. It's so true. I'm small, my alt text, I'm used to it just being like a bird. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, in that, yeah, case, in that case, then I, I challenged Dolly users to um, get very descriptive with your inpainting, even if you have to erase your entire existing prompt, uh, the text portion of it, not your image, and try, I, I suggest to try that. I think you'll be um, pleasantly surprised, although albeit you do have to have that patience, um, but see how that works. I have wondered about that, and this is, I mean, this is question is sort of in the weeds, but do you need to, like, I have, I actually usually delete the entire prompt when I do in painting. Uh, and I wonder like, what is the benefit? You're to supposed to, it? I think, describe the whole image you want outputted. There is a little bit of audio interruption. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I think you're supposed to, or, or at least the, the little hint I keep getting says to describe the whole output image you want rather than what I was doing for the first couple of weeks, which is just describing the change I wanted. Yeah, but both work, right? So I just, yeah, I wonder why they suggested that. Do they both work? I had no idea that they both work. I often will just, like, let's say I want to, like, in um, just, like, an eye or, so, like, just fix. Or, like, I was, I was, like, generating rabbits and I wanted to, like, fix the rabbit's face. I deleted the entire rest of the prompt, so, like, deleted that and just said, like, a happy rabbit. And then it fixed the face, but I didn't keep, like, okay. all the other details. I don't know. It's hard. I, it's really hard to A-B test anything on this because the results are always completely different. So, On the note of, of just sort of exploring a latent space, uh, do you mind if I read one or two of my more sort of uh, specific prompts just to show sort of how deep in... I have a little copy-pasta list of them on, the, uh, on my notes app. And if anyone else has, has a little list of those, I would love to hear the things that you have saved. Yeah, go for it. So the I was I was pursuing visuals that look like the back rooms or or other liminal spaces, the pool rooms. My little brother is obsessed with those, so I was trying to send him some and surprise him. The prompt that ended up getting me the closest to the pool room is 
grainy 35 millimeter flip phone camera photograph of a vast, dark, eerie, multi-level storm drain, white brick tile, underground indoor washrooms that don't exist with dim lights and several feet of wavy clear blue water on the floor and hallways and junctions. The floor is flooded in a meter of sloshing wavy clear blue water. It really struggled to get the floor water, so I had to be very clear about that. That's pretty crazy. It's it's pretty long, and I'm I, I'm hesitant to put longer prompts, but because it doesn't always nail every element, but it does come up with something cool. So if you're cool with not being upset exactly. that it missed some things, I think the the redundancy though helps it because you sort of like describe the word water multiple times. So if you like That's really emphasize the word. Yeah, spending a long time describing a few things is more fruitful in my experience than spending a long time describing many things. Yeah, and then you could use in painting to add the many things. <laughs> I was That's actually a fantastic point, yeah. Just going to suggest that same thing. Yeah, I do. I do use in painting when I think my concept is too complex for Dolly. And it's sort of this like intuition that develops over time. You can sort of predict whether or not Dolly will understand. It's a thing. little sixth sense thing for sure. Yeah, I, you're like learning about Dolly as a collaborator. Making this picture I wanted to have. I had this picture that I took in the redwoods of this big fallen tree and I had cropped in and zoomed in and I had my prompt for the end painting and I wanted a bear sort of being woken up on a cute little cottage bed and but like photorealistic it would not do that but very easily did it in depth a bed and then a bear on the bed I see so you're using in painting often to break down problems exactly it's like order of operation stuff it, it's so much of it feels like word problems but actual like poetry descriptive word it would be such a fascinating exercise in a creative writing class or a math class i see that's awesome so my, my thing with in painting is i'm always drawn to shiny things so that's why i just keep punching out all these prompts and seeing what that looks like oh what does that look like combined with that like i don't actually get to spend too much time in painting because sometimes i see it as an investment i see it as i like where this is going variations doesn't quite cut it or maybe i have a vision and then i'm going to invest that time through in painting and even that has so many possibilities of its own right and to some extent you can go infinite in painting like you could never stop on just a single image it's true and i've been quite surprised by things that i've i would say i've had to use in painting for um, and and others will probably speak to this too about what what it's really surprisingly and, and astonishingly good at versus kind of struggling with some of the basic speak. Um, I've really enjoyed playing a lot with reflection and light and lighting quality, you know, describing different times of day, describing, you know, uh, sunlight in a hallway of mirrors or the reflection of something in an eye. It handled that remarkably well um, with, with no in painting. And then the silly things that you will have to use in painting for are seemingly, um, you know, quite benign, like an extra hand or an extra limb or just some nonsense object. Uh, so I've, that was one thing that was probably most surprising to me. Uh, I don't know if, if, you know, what experiences others have had with that. I've definitely found it a little bit finicky within painting, um, but, you know, it's, it's version one. Uh, I think there's definitely some room and they're improving it, right? Like they added the smaller brushes, which is like- It's definitely changed just in terms of coherence of interpretation of, of in painting. Also on the note of 
exploring things that it does well. It, it really emphasizes the fact, and, and this goes to in the direction of what uh, I forget who was saying it earlier, but the, the fact that it's not as instant as a lot of people, oh, I think it was looking uh, saying uh, it's not as instant as a lot of people assume it would be because it's more of a collaborative process than it's like this little art print that you order around. It's very much like a a collaborator who will show you their opinion on something and then you will sort of throw that back and forth and then eventually you'll get something that you both agree on. And in that sense, or at least I find it much more fruitful to approach working with it that way. I also find that I, I get much less frustrated when I approach working it, with it that way. Yeah, I agree. I think being open, like from a state where you're like, I'm open to, you know, here's what I want, but I'm open to your input is like a better way to be. Because sometimes I do get... Sometimes I want to be very specific. I have an image in my head, which is funny because I realize, oh, I could just draw it or make it Photoshop. Why am I even using Dolly if it won't match what I'm doing? But that's not as good of a session when I know exactly what I want and I entered into Dolly. It's more like I want to nudge it and give it guidance and then see what it's showing me. And then we work together from there. I think those are those result in better types of sessions. And it's so interesting seeing everybody's different area of what they find Dolly is good at. Lapine has been fantastic at exploring statues and just exploring human emotion on statues and and has just totally renewed my interest in sculpture and stuff. And then th there are people doing cartoons in a way that make me want to go back and look at Richard's scary books again. And then what, what I have found is, is not in either of those directions. My favorite thing to do is simply to play with grain. And, and like right now I'm totally hooked on pinhole photographs. And, do, and just playing with different textures of, of grain overlay because it does fine detail so beautifully and so prompt accurately. That's a good point. And that one thing I think that artists are going to find as they use Dolly is, um, you know, to what August just said and what Danielle said, you're going to kind of end up, end up playing with styles that you normally might not gravitate towards. Um, and perhaps that's part of the creative appeal is that if you are stuck in a rut, you can break out of that. Like you might actually find that you are quite interested in in perhaps some some like painting that you normally would not have been or a genre of art. And I think that's gonna be one of the big values. And something I've tried is just doing a couple of times now, uh, just a rough sketch on Procreate and then let Dolly finish it. And it's not something I would normally, you know, the style ends up quite different from what I would would have normally done. But then I look at it and think, you know, okay, wow, this is, you know, I'm, I'm happy with this. Um, so again, like, I think artists will find that it kind of opens their um, appetite for, for different uh, aesthetics. And so real quick, so uh, Isaac, yeah, you, you're a mod now, by my understanding, you, you currently don't have access, right? Um, but I'm just wondering, as a community mod, like, are you finding there's some areas which are worth exploring more? Like you mentioned, you're a photographer. Uh, is there maybe some saturation in some areas? Just, what, are, what are your thoughts? I want to get your feedback here. Yeah. Uh... Sorry, I don't, I don't know what happened. Do you mind going on, Isaac? Oh, sorry, my mic was muted. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah, I recently got access, so I haven't had a lot of uh, opportunity to test um, different prompts. But uh, of course, I have experience with um, probably I've seen most of the publicly shared images and prompts. 
So one thing uh, I realized and observed is um, Dali is really um, weak at framing the image. So, uh, you know, you can use in-painting to zoom out or uncrop. And there was this uh, thing going on. We were saying uncrops are always superior. So if you, you know, frame it in a different way uh, and uncrop it or, or zoom out, it usually ends up with, with a better image. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can also is... ask for something on a ask for something on a wall or ask for something with a wide wide border. Just some tricks. Wide I think border. That... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried asking green screens, which it can do very very good way. I mean, if you if you just you know need to uncrop some or crop something, you can just ask for a green screen, the background can do it. But uh, yeah, I tried to um, emulate some of my um, photography and usually the framing is bad. So I, each time I need to reframe it and um, clear the around and ask it to, to zoom out or uncrop it. Yeah, that could, be a, that could be a potential feature fix. I do sometimes notice that just like one part is cut off, which is annoying, like, I don't know, like, yeah. Yeah, generating some illustrations. I just wish it was like 20 pixels taller. And so, yeah, maybe potentially we can slide around the result and generate more and then merge those. But like, I guess you could do it in Photoshop for now. And I don't know if it's a coincidence, but when you see those images, the way Dali crops it, you know, it, it just looks like it doesn't want to, you know, um, the place cropped is so good, it doesn't just want to get the detail on that side. I don't know, that's maybe my feeling about it just uh, strategically crops it in a way that it, it, the, the image looks good that way. I think it's for a similar reason that it's so good at macro photographs. My dad and I played around with it sort of in the first couple of days that I had it, and he had a little analogy about the way that it makes images, but essentially he was like, I, I forget how long it actually takes. I think it, we thought it was 18 seconds at the time, but he was like, these robots, this kind of robots that makes up Dolly can turn 18 seconds into 18 seconds to make an image for the sake of our human brains, but they can't turn it into 18 million seconds, which is to say they have a tremendous amount of brain power, but they're also very clearly limited. When you ask for a macro photograph, it thrives at photorealism because it doesn't have to spend all its brain power on the whole thing. It can just do one crisp part and then blur the rest and not think about it too hard. Yeah, that also worked for um, city photographs. For example, I tried some London photographs. And usually if you're like trying to create something specific, it's not very easy. But if you like um, ask it to blur the background, um, use um, a prime lens or um, enter the specifics of the lens and make the background okay or, or blurred, then it's like a cheat because it doesn't need to do all the details. can just show a blur at the background. Seems to be working well. All right, so in just a moment, we're going to start taking questions. So feel free to uh, request. I guess you can request to be a speaker. So now's the time. Um, yeah, I'm finding like like Dolly is so funny because it's it's just so talented and has all this knowledge and can do all these things. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I just need this tiny little thing. And I know you can do it. It's just it can't do it or doesn't quite understand, you know? Like it's a it's an alignment thing long term, right? 
Absolutely. It's like a genie that doesn't speak very good English. So <laughs> I always joke it's like a little prodigy child that can, it's like a, an amazing artist kid, but it's certainly a kid. And once in a while, you'll give it a prompt, and you'll be like, "Oh, what? No, no, come on! You know that horses don't have that many legs, right?" But <laughs> yeah, totally. Actually, I actually think that its flaws, though, do make it a more delightful experience. Like, I mm -hmm. actually, something I love about Dolly is how messed up the text is. And of course they're working on fixing it, right? So it forms coherent words, but I absolutely love the alien language. It sort of like makes me feel like the real world is alien. <laughs> I have when I, yeah. of stuff written down just that Dolly has said accidentally. That's just so fun. <laughs> just because it's Poetic. phonetically coherent stuff, but it's not words. It, so it'll say something like flammer yeah. and it'll it's like it's something you can pronounce but not something that is an actual english word as far as i know so if you squint at it you're like absolutely that's the right text it's like, like text in a dream yeah but i love it i don't want I, the i don't want that feature to go away yeah, I, it's a feature, I, I, I think it's endearing and it's funny because designers have been using lorem ipsum forever right yet people get so triggered about the dolly text right and like you can easily in photoshop most of the time go over the text anyways right and put actual text in but everything else is correct right minus the text but yeah it's it's definitely endearing and charming it's going to be really fun to see ai start making really usable fonts like being able to hybridize and mutate fonts i'm sure dolly will be able to do it with text tips if you do one letter at a time so sorry to interrupt. So we're just about ready. So we're going to have our first question. Um, yeah, so our goal here is to answer as many questions as possible. So please make your question brief uh, so that we can take on some more of the questions. Lots of people are probably wondering how Dolly works. So Douglas, did you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear some voices associated with usernames. Um, everyone can hear me, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hello, welcome. Hey, um, yeah, I was wondering if anyone else is having any luck or any strategies or hacks pushing Dolly towards some type of consistency. Uh, I'm an illustrator and love the idea of being able to carry a theme across multiple images, multiple pages of a book, let's say. And I have some, I mean, hack maybe isn't the right word, but some approaches, you know, keeping things super, super simple. Like if you have a complex character that Dolly generated, like I saw one today from a, John Knack, he made this incredible, uh, I think it was a cat with an accordion, and he made a whole bunch of them. And it's like every one of them, I, I wanted to see that character in the next scene doing something else. But the nature of diffusion and the technology behind Dolly is that it's, it's random. So one approach I had was, you know, the simplest character possible was like, you know, a white rabbit. So that no matter what it did, it gave me something that looked somewhat consistent from image to image. But I'm just curious if anyone else has had any success recreating a similar yes. type of aesthetic or similar type of elements in the scene from, you know, from image to image. I've done this with some statues when I want them to all kind of appear as though they're in the same scenario. So for example, the statues that were stuck in traffic, uh, I would take part of that image that I liked out and then, you know, remove that and procreate. You could do that in Photoshop. Then I would start a new 
prompt by uploading that image and then continue the prompt of the statue stuck in traffic to keep consistency of style. Uh, and imagine you could do that if you had a character that you really liked. Um, you could, you know, put it on an absolutely blank background or keep a little bit of the background from before and then start your prompt uh, and use in painting to add oh, your the rest of your image. You could actually get rid of it later and like regenerate it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, it'll regenerate. Better. You can, oh, I like that. yeah, you can upload. Uh, so, like, for example, um, if you took one of your cats, and I'm a big fan of your, your cat comics, um, if you took one of your cats or one of your rabbits, uh, you could, you know, take it in Photoshop and take just the rabbit, then set it on a square canvas with nothing else behind it, and then upload that into Dolly and carry on. Wow. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Wow, that's so, that's so clever. It's, like, it's, like, it's almost like it's one of those things that um, the developers... I can't see that they thought that that would be done. Like it seems like users are finding ways or pouring like water all through it and finding different ways to do things that weren't expected. Thanks. It's true. Uh, Danielle and I, Danielle and I had a, a message exchange early on where she said it so well that she felt like we've been turned loose in a lab and we just have to <laughs> experiment with all these things. So yeah, yeah a, a lot of experimentation to, to find these things. On the note of keeping, oh, sorry, go ahead. And of course, Douglas, you are part of this experiment. I've also uh, loved checking out your work. Keep it up. Thanks. I'm fun. Sorry, go ahead, Danielle. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that, like, I think this is probably consistent for the artists who joined Dolly. Like, they didn't really do much onboarding. I feel like they explained what Dolly was and then gave us a login and then just let us loose. And, like, I didn't even know where to start. To but do. I, yeah, they, told, they definitely told us what not to do. But I kind of loved this like infinite exploration and not knowing any when I first started, I didn't know any techniques and special stuff. So you sort of have to like carry that on your own. I've also like loved learning tips from other doll users. So it's kind of cool to like be let loose in this lab with you all. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to jump ahead. So we have two more questions. So Sitaler, do, do you mind going up next? How have you been? Hey, do you hear me? Yeah. 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 Firstly, I'm sorry for my English because I'm not from a speaking uh, English-speaking country, but I hope you will understand me well. But um, have you ever tried to uh, compare the result, the same prompt in Dali versus um, something like Wombo AI or Piku Plus Clip? The, because for very abstract prompts, uh, the results from Wombo AI, for example, they are they are very different. By, but I think Dali has a problem when trying to generate very, very abstract prompts. Haven't you tried that? So I do a ton of abstract stuff. In fact, most of my, my uh, stuff for the last couple, like the last week or two has been grainy abstract stuff. I find if you're really clear about what, because there's a broad spectrum of abstract and there's that sort of Gan art looking abstract that VQGAN and Wombo AI do really well, where it's like this sort of infinitely changing non-Euclidean image. Uh, but what I find with, and I actually haven't tried asking specifically for that from Dolly, but I find that with Dolly, if you're clear that you want something abstract, you ask for abstract digital art that's grainy and made with these colors and has gradients and, and you know, things like that. I find that you, very often you get roughly what you ask for, especially with abstract stuff where it's sort of open for interpretation. I find that there's often increased room for getting the right answer. Yeah, but, but for example, if I try the prompt, uh, everyone 
in an arrow, every people in the world in an arrow, uh, that is a very like uh, abstract prompt. Uh, the one by AI uh, generation is 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 not taking the like a uh, world to account, and it generates something that is much more uh, accurate and abstract to the description to what I imagine I would like to be a generation. You know, uh, Astra, uh, Dali takes things very literally. Yeah, I think like they all all of the different tools. Like I still sometimes use Midjourney and Vikugan, uh, like the collab notebook. I will say like they will all probably get better, but they will all have completely different personalities. So like think different flavors as like different collaborators, and maybe you can consult a bunch. I've I sort of am, I want all of them to to succeed, um, and I do agree that that Dali does swing more literal even in the sense that if you want something abstract you literally need to say abstract um but they're they're all gonna keep changing or if you're yeah. trying to... having oh, go ahead. yeah thanks very much i was just going to say one more thing so for example for your prompt like everyone in the world uh, on an, an object get very literal with what you're just what you're asking like even if it's abstract find the literalness of that so you would say an aerial image of billions of people standing on whatever the object was um, and go from there. And then that's when in-painting is going to be really helpful. So just, again, you're basically describing, describe the image as, as if it can't see. I like asking yeah. for essentially, asking for, like what Ian said, very literal uh, interpretations. But I, I like often an exercise I'll do is try to quantify, try to figure out what feels like it's missing and figure out a word for what feels like it's missing or a, a, a phrase or, or whatever. And then literally just put that phrase in at the end or, or in the, you know, just find whatever the most grammatically coherent, even if it doesn't make sense, way to put that phrase in and, and it'll bleed in on some level. Yeah, thanks. That's very good advice. And I have access to Lali like a couple of days ago and it's been a wonderful experience. So talking to you, it's very nice. Thanks. I hope that you have some newfound luck uh, uh, after this this conversation. Yeah, uh, great, uh, great tips. These are all awesome. I I find it like uh, I don't do too much abstract stuff because I found I think Dolly understands that abstraction of abstract stuff. If that makes sense, right? Um, one abstract area that I've observed Dolly is not as good at, and maybe it's worth uh, hearing, uh, especially from August on this one especially when I enter song lyrics, it gives me back like essentially just really bad lyric art rather than abstractions of the lyric or just something, you know what I mean? Like something abstract that describes the lyric. Have you guys also seen this? Yes. And mid journey, I used to just put song lyrics in and I would get art that I could, that I could use roughly to show people the songs. Um, and what I've noticed with Dali is that very often I'll have to, uh, again, with the analogy that Dolly is a little kid, uh, I don't want to eat my steak. You have to cut it for me, is essentially what I sort of hear Dolly saying. And so I will often take certain lyrics, you know, I like putting in Bon Iver lyrics. And those are uh, dense and weird. And so I'll often take them apart and just describe certain words in a little bit of extra grammatical context and construct a scene that essentially just says in very boring, plain, descriptive language uh, what one of the lyrics makes me think of. 
because again, it's like um, like Lapine saying, you you very much have to start at what's my interpretation of what I'd like to see. Let me literally describe that as best I can. And so often I'll sprinkle the song lyrics in there, or I'll say a painting by the title of, and then put the song lyrics in quotes. But typically it's not as fruitful as just sort of deconstructing it and putting together a scene and always putting comma digital art at the end for some reason just makes it understand words better. It's just, it's just interesting. Oh, sorry, sorry to know. Like, it's just interesting because sometimes I do enter just a phrase and it is amazing. I get some really abstract art back. Sometimes I just notice if there's certain text that is, looks to be like related to lyrics, <laughs> It will just show me that stuff. And it's like, you know, like the the crappy lyric art, like on YouTube videos from like 2006 or something. <laughs> like, yeah, like Windows fonts. Media Player. Yeah. And I like, this is just a, a weirder thought I have. Like, I'm cool if they purge that part from the entire data set. Like if they just find lyric images and like all just that crappy YouTube stuff with like these weird fonts, I'm cool if that's not in the Dolly data set. And it, like maybe if it gets retrained, that's not there because I don't think anybody is really using that. Maybe. I don't know. Like I would point, sorry, I would point blank like a text toggle, a toggle that enables it to do its funny nonsense text or to just give me the pretty pictures because sometimes it gives me beautiful pictures and they say something like hubax on it. And it's like, okay, but this robot otherwise looks cool. And I know I could in paint it, but all of them have some variation of text. I don't know. It feels like it adds a step. And I am just curious as to what the mechanics of adding negative weighted prompts would be. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just a shame because there's just so many lyrics that are so cool with such awesome scenes. Like there's so much weight to the words that I'm like, it's just a shame that anything lyric adjacent, it just appears to turn it into just this crappy lyric art. Have um, you tried putting it in quotes and saying a painting by the name of putting the lyrics in quotes and then comma digital art? <laughs> You're right. I got I to gotta tweak the prompt more. This, this, this one could be on Order me. Of operations, <laughs> baby. Yeah, something I noticed on that note with, with the lyrics that... So I often like enter names of like in the style of an artist, which it has a surprising lack of artists in the database. Even like, you know, it's old famous dead ones. It's been scrubbed. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, even like, I think I tried like Paul Clay, who like there's a lot of Paul Clay work online and, you know, like other to other tools I've tried to like know who Paul Clay is. But what I've noticed if I say in the style of Paul Clay, it just dumps it into the category of, oh, like she wants a painting. And so it just gives me like very generic looking art. Whereas if I don't even say the word Paul Clay and I'm like with primary col with muted primary exactly colors, I just have to describe the style of the artist, which is kind of like a cool exercise. It's like trying to take an artist I like and then it's having like, Dolly get to that zone. Yes. Yeah, um, I, I, I use GPT-3 for that piece. Like I'll have GPT-3 describe an artist for me and then I'll put that into Dolly. Ah, that's clever. Yeah, yeah, that's so, what I want to ask. Uh, do you, anyone has uh, integrate uh, DALI or uh, um, GPT-3 to make prompts for DALI? I don't I, have it automatic, but I rush between the two. I uh, asked it to write a poem about the misery of getting your sleeves wet at the sink. And then I grabbed a line from that poem and put it in DALI and then uh, did like, you know, precluded that with a Victorian painting of, and then the piece from the poem, and it gave me this image. Then I had to use a little bit of in-painting around the sink, but generally it was um, it was pretty 
pretty close and I recommend if you have access to both that you try it because it's pretty fun um, to, to kind of ask GPT-3 for something that you wouldn't, I would normally never write a, a poem. So that was kind of something new for me. I've used GPT-3 and Codex for, for generating stuff for Dolly. But so unfortunately, we're, we're a little bit behind on questions. Uh, I don't want to go too much over today. I'm not sure how much time everybody else has. So Luke, did you, did you mind proceeding with your question? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, uh, Acts, I saw your video uh, with the, the iceberg. And I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and that video actually kind of uh, led me to my question for you. And so you had it, kind of this concept of um, we're going to be generating images of things that we've never even really considered before. And so I kind of have the reverse question. Um, uh, when you're playing around with Dolly, are you noticing that the it has tendencies in generating things that's that maybe there's a, a lack of certain things in the data set we, we just don't have a lot of pictures of a certain kind of thing because no one ever thought to take a picture of it yes jackalopes interesting there are two shoebill stork pictures in the data set. I asked for a shoebill stork and a Viking helmet and it was from two slightly different angles and like eight pictures of each um, yeah. Because, uh, sorry, just uh, one little last piece. Because uh, I've so I've played around with um, uh, like other other like uh, t uh, text to image models like uh, VQ GAN plus Clip, um, and I've kind of noticed that it kind of it has like you know when you'll type in th like abstract ideas like nightmare for example, it'll just have um, like general ideas about like what a nightmare might be, but it doesn't. It's not always necessarily like super specific. Um, so yeah, I, I was kind of wondering if there's like, if you you guys are noticing that some when you type in like abstract ideas, maybe it's coming up with um, not necessarily uh, kind of almost like stereotypical ideas about what we might think those things are, but it doesn't necessarily have like a specific idea of what our world. Yes, is. definitely. I had this. Exp oh, do you hear an echo? A little okay, bit. Okay, never mind. Uh, weird. Um. Bye, Danielle. Go on. Oh, okay. Uh, I. Yeah, I tried to get an image of of soup coming out of a sink, like coming out of a faucet, and it absolutely would not make the water anything other than clear. Even if I tried, like I tried everything, like colored liquid coming out of a sink, like dark liquid. Uh, I had to use like heavy in painting and do a lot of tries. It's just the concept of anything else coming out of a sink faucet. Not, were you, not were you aiming for a photorealistic result? Yeah. Yeah, that's have you, that, have you, that's have you tried, the issue. Have you tried Unreal Engine as a modifier? <laughs> Digital I've never done Unreal Engine. No, the thing is, um, I, I realized that um, if you are looking for a photorealistic result, it has a bias on the natural stuff. So if it's unnatural, it doesn't want to go there. But if you say it's Unreal Engine, then it thinks it's a video game or something and it can generate weird scenarios better. That's why I say the digital art thing. And you can actually combine digital art with photorealism. You can say a photograph. If you say a photograph of a dinosaur mech in the street, it'll do a toy. And if you say a photograph of a dinosaur mech in the street, comma, digital art, it'll do a big epic dinosaur mech in the street. Yeah. And like, so Luke, I would, I would sort of flip your question around. Like, I think in a way you're right like it's sort of uh got an abstraction of all these different things but i think that's also one of the most exciting things about dolly and multimodal ai in general 
Um, I, I sort of put out an article, like it's like this term I'm throwing out called recombinant art. And so the idea is it's a class of art which which sort of leverages the fact that AI models can uh, can have these implicit representations or these abstractions about all of these things. And, you know, we're making new kinds of art with this in mind, right? Like sort of like a traditional artist may obsess over, uh, like in my case, just like making a very good photorealistic oversized grizzly bear, right? But in my case, as somebody making recombinant art using Dolly, I'm like, cool, we can make the bear, but what else can we do with the bear, right? Like maybe he's in the world of Harry Potter, maybe he's on a fashion runway. And the exciting thing is that the model has actually learned these representations and these abstractions about all of these things. Um, and it's just, I like, uh, I think that's actually a, a, a positive thing in, in a way. But you, your question is right, that maybe some specifics would be good. There's just so much out there, right? Uh, that, you know, I, I, don't, I can't really fault it. Like, I, I don't know if you, they would need to be trained on all video ever, right? Yeah, I don't mean to, you know, knock on Dolly. Uh, no, no, no. That, I, that's what it came off as. Uh, no, no, no. I, I guess, uh, you know, obviously, like, this is, you know, we're kind of on the precipice of, like, multimodal, uh, you know, models that are able to, you know, combine multiple sources. Um, and, uh, you know, it's actually a very exciting time now because, uh, you know, models that are able to take multiple <clears throat> types of media as input are going to be able to learn more and more about our and have more and more realistic models of what our world actually is like. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's very exciting. Hey, your, your question is like, it's just a role question, right? And I actually love the question. Um, all I'm just saying is the point of, in my view, the point of Dolly is like, I think the biggest thing a Dolly artist, multimodal artist says is so what? Like it's, you know, like uh, the biggest thing I have when I'm showing people Dolly is they'll be like, okay, make me a stapler. And I'm like, you can go on Google Images and get a stapler, <laughs> right? And so you have to teach them that Dolly has this, you know, recombinant ability. So you can say a red stapler floating in the sky in the style of Picasso, right? Like that's the superpower of it, right? And so I see the role more so like that. However, I hope the model does improve in photorealism and more details and having a better index and like a network of all these different things. I think I taken shoehorn the other day. I don't know why, but it just didn't do a good job, right? So, like, yeah. Uh, jump to the next question. So we have Jack here. Jack, did you want to ask your question? Uh, yeah. Can I get one thought? I, I got to go here soon, but one thing I was thinking is, what if the developers enable the mode where, as they start rolling this out to more and more people, uh, some sometimes the users are surveyed, and they're shown. Uh, a random example of a prompt that someone else did and they're asked to give it a rating like one through five on things like accuracy fidelity and um if if the algorithm detects that there were accurately generated images what if those dolly generated images were actually thrown back into the data set based on their accuracy do you think that would be a helpful way to train this model it's so, it's so subjective, though, like what you think is good or accurate, you know? I mean, I guess photorealism is like more of an objective thing, but I feel like there's some danger in letting like people dictate what is a good result. One option that we do have currently is if uh, you hover over an image and you want to report something. So, for example, if it, if it gave you something that was against, you know, their terms, you can report it. But also there's an option now that says this is not, you know, this wasn't relevant or not even close. So I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but there is a time a few weeks ago where I was getting what looked like, you know, advertisements for like a 
desert resort, probably because I've gotten fully random images. Yeah, so I would record yeah. those. Some of them look like postcards with the kind of jumbled <laughs> the jumbled language. Um, yeah. So we do have that option to report if something's really yeah. really off. Yeah, that, it is funny the random. Yeah. yeah, the random images do seem like they come from inst like they look very Instagrammy, like kind of like people smiling suddenly or like an image with text over it. One hundred percent. I got the night the nicest bridal dress today, and I don't remember what I was typing. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's serendipitous. You're like, "This is great uh, that you just save it to your camera roll and whatever." But I uh, honestly, I, I think the question, Jack, is is more of a it's an open eye question. Like, I, I just I don't want to speak on behalf of the company. Like, they're doing a lot. This is an alignment question. Um, and the tools that we have, I think, are pretty pretty cool. Your, your larger question, though, about uh, future models being trained on uh, AI images is I, actually, I think, a, it's not even necessarily an open AI question. I think it's a, a very big and important one. Like, one thing that I'm thinking about is, like, social media is totally not ready for Dolly. I'm talking Facebook, Instagram, all these different services. And if you do the math of the virality of Dolly... Um, I actually think there's a, there's, a, there's a future possibility where a huge fraction of content generated on the internet is synthesized by Dolly or perhaps another model. And One so, weird trick stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You can generate very clickbaity images with Dolly. It's, it's just like, scary. <laughs> will AI models be trained on it? Keeping in mind that Dolly's signature exists, like they could crop that out. But to do that many cropping operations on potentially millions to billions of images, uh, I don't know how much that would cost. But anyways, like, it's just an interesting question, right? Like how much of the internet will be AI synthesized and by what time, right? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm certain everyone using Dolly will post at least 10 images. So if 100 million people join, right? Like it's, you know... <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, Friesen, yeah. did you want to ask your question? Friesen, are you there? Hi, I'm I'm sorry about that. I I didn't I didn't realize. Um, sorry. Okay. I, I, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. So thank you, thank you. Uh, it's it's uh, really cool to be here, and I was just uh, curious to dig into a, a, a comment that you made on one of your YouTube videos about. Um, Imogen not quite having the same feeling about it, right? Like it was um, sort of a, a different vibe, if you want to put it that way, especially with some of those bare images. Like, like they, I, I found that they, they just didn't have the same emotional impact. And I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more about what you, what you liked or what you didn't like um, uh, about uh, Imogen in comparison to Dolly. Thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. So the, the big thing with Imogen is I haven't tried it. Um, they haven't opened it. I'm not even sure if there is a plan to open it on Google's end. Um, I think this is like a rich person fun hobby, right? Like if I had millions of dollars in researchers, I would absolutely launch something like Imogen, right? Um, so I haven't tried it. Uh, this is, again, a very highly subjective thing. Um, I just think overall the images from Dolly do look better. But like I said, I'm probably biased. I'm a Dolly user. Maybe I've become accustomed to that look. Overall, they, they do look better. However, Imogen looks a little stock photo-y. Yeah, I, I wonder if they really focused on photorealism, right? And I'm a little bit uh, skeptical about their data set in a way. Like, I think OpenAI put a lot into getting a good data set that is safe. Just based on my usage of Dolly, I can tell. That's like what I, what I believe is going on. Whereas for Google, like, I don't know if this is as existential, right? Where they need to invest that much in clean, good data. And so that's another reason why I think a lot of their generations are more photoreal and they're more overall, like maybe not as good. And also maybe why they haven't released it publicly. Like it, the, the model may not even be safe, right? 
Got it. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, I, I guess another thing I'm wondering, and sorry, this is technically another question, but um, I, the one thing I'm wondering is, is how long it will take for someone to come along and create something that is Dolly-like, uh, at least in uh, having a similar type of interface that is gen generally pretty good at, at uh, putting something interesting out. Um, I was wondering if you could speculate a little bit wildly into your crystal ball about uh, how long you think that will be until we have that. Probably tomorrow. <laughs> Agree. I think there's probably hundreds of people. I mean, any powerful technology inspires people to, you know, build their own. Also, there's tons of research, even, you know, OpenAI puts out, like, how they how they did it. It's it's hard to actually have the, I think the most difficult part is, like, the training model, right? Like, that is, like, a lot of compute power, you know, like, that is just, that's what makes your model good. But their research is out, so there's a lot of people working in that field. Mid-journey's mid doing good. Mid-journey's yeah. hot on the heels. Yes. Yes, there's Midjourney, there's Dolly Mega, there's the, you know, VQGAN and Clip, you know, sort of the OG open source models. Like there's, there's lots of alternatives. In many ways, it is an arms race. I think one of the reasons I'm long OpenAI is it seems like they actually care. Like they care about Dolly, right? This is not some rich guy's side project that they're just doing for fun and for them and their friends, right? I um, mean, like sort of. <laughs> Depends uh, how, um, how you view, like, I mean, it's still funded, right? Like there's... I'd say it's funny how much the the uh, sort of vibe of using the software and even like talking to the team sort of goes in the opposite direction of the impression that I would have on paper seeing where, uh, you know, all of the organizing is set up, if that makes Yeah, I'll also say like I, I did it. I did like um, a feedback session with them and someone in our meeting was there researching like they were an open AI employee researching the impact that this would have on artists, which is like extremely thoughtful. Like they are they're also being, really yes. concerned about bias. Yes. Um, but yeah, they are aware of how powerful this is and they are, they are like trying to be careful about where this will end up. And that's part of it. Like, you know, why they've been slow to release this to the public and why like lots of people listening here are like, why haven't they got to me in the wait list? Like, they it's just also sort of, changing yeah. a lot. I, I think it's also a courage thing. Like, like I, I, I try to pay as much attention to the DeepMind and the, you know, Google Scott, their, you know, GPT-3, like Chinchilla and all these things. Uh, that's all cool. But I, like, again, like I haven't tried any of these things, right? They're so confident in these tools, they haven't released them, right? And so, I don't know, like, I, I think, like, to make something safe, to make something commercial, to have real users, these these things do actually improve the model, right? And I think there is a lot, there's a lot of difficulty to commercializing something too, right? As opposed to just keeping it within a research circle. Um, and I, like, anyways, like I, that's like, that's part of the reason, like I, I cover so much more of Dolly, like what, 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 what do they want me to do? Talk about some screenshots on Twitter that some researchers had between them who work at DeepMind, right? Like, I don't know. Like, there's not much even for me to say on the matter, right? But Dolly, at least I have an intuition, um, and it's really exciting. And, you know, like I don't have any formal partnership with OpenAI, but, like, I'm, I'm just a fan, you know? Um, so, looks like we got one more question. We, we can do it really quickly, and then we can wrap, hopefully. So, uh, did you, did you want to proceed, uh, Silver Velvet? Hey, what's going on? Can you all hear me? Yeah, uh, yeah. I appreciate y'all. I don't know why this uh, space popped up in my feed, but um, I'm assuming it has something related with what I do. Uh, I've been making art for 10 years, and this Dolly nonsense for anybody who is um, 
on the fence about it is the most game-changing thing on the face of the earth. The entire um, stock footage, stock photo photography industry is going to absolutely fall on its face um, within just the next year or two. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I just wanted to lay some thoughts down. I know I haven't been lurking too long, but I'm just in the car. So I figured um, I saw it and I just had to jump on it because Dolly 2 is just absolutely insane. Um, totally. I've been on the wait list for three months. I have three different emails on that wait list. I have over a dozen friends who have, all have multiple emails signed up for the wait list with zero anybody getting responded to. Um, I've actually even DM'd certain people who I know have it on social media um, an offer of like $1,000 USD just for even just one of their passes. Because I know they give out a couple based on what I've heard. Um, but if you have the opportunity to short, you know, stock photography, <laughs> go ahead and do that. And um, I think that their stickliness makes sense with the capabilities that it has. But unfortunately, like look at Photoshop 20 years ago, people that was going to be a game changer, which it was. They also thought it was dangerous, but we've learned that every tool in existence, whether it be a physical tool, a piece of software, or hardware, it can be used maliciously. So I think that their hesitancy is met with um, annoyance, which is fair because of the name of the company itself is OpenAI, and to close off their doors is a little bit counterintuitive to what they profess to advertise. And on top of that, this, they're not going to be the only ones. They may be the first, but give it a couple of years, and this technology will um, change the entire landscape. And it won't be just OpenAI. It'll be um, a lot of different companies that will be able to tap into this um, insanity. Um, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. So yeah. um, they really they, – they've – I, by my understanding, they are trying to scale as much as possible. And if you follow Fraser, who works there, he updates their blog on their website about how many invites they send out each week. So it's nice to see more transparency around the whole process. Like they are actually ramping up, which is exciting. In the meantime, you're not going to have any luck bribing anybody <laughs> to uh, to have an account because we're not allowed to do commercial usage anyways. So if I took your money, I would lose access. So it's, it's just not going to work. However, in the meantime, so if you just, and this is only open to you, but if you want to just DM me a, one or two prompt ideas, like I'm happy to run them for you and at least send the results over to you um, just while you're waiting. I don't mind. Yeah, that would be really cool, man. I'd definitely um, take you up on that. Which one are you? Sorry, I'm like looking at my phone half the time. It's all right. I'll, I'll DM you. Uh, Danielle, okay. were you going to say something? Oh, yeah. Sort of like about like how this will affect industries. Like I see it as both opening up new industries and opening up more possibilities and and helping people make more art. Uh, of course, it can destroy some things with any like powerful new technology. It has upsides and downsides. But some sort of like psychological effect that has happened. I've been using it, I guess, for six weeks is now it is so normal to me. To, like I don't really like it makes Google image search or any sort of like looking at hashtags for images of things just seems super outdated. Like it is just so normal for me to enter exactly what I'm thinking and find a result. It's like Pinterest I, yeah. Ultra. Yeah, it's also, there's something, what I have realized about like Google image search and Pinterest and stuff is that's all dominated by like ads and like whatever has the most views just rises to the top, whatever has the best SEO. And so like, this we is kind of awesome. We are in the age of Marian ad on the Dali. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know what will happen with, like, commercial uses. Like, I don't know, ads mixed in Dolly and stuff. But I do sort of imagine that, you know, I don't know if it's up in AI or, like, other, uh, you know, people working in this field, that this will sort of be this, like, 
vast public utility and that it'll just be normal in the future to generate images based on whatever you're thinking. Yeah, I, I definitely think Dolly's like an interesting cross between Pinterest, Google Images, you know, and like psychologically, I've started to believe like almost all creativity already exists, right? And I just got to type keywords to get there and sort of discover it. Like, I, I don't yeah. see my role. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I just don't see my role anymore as necessarily the skilled laborer making creativity happen. I see myself like almost more like an explorer and just typing in words and landing wherever I need to be. <laughs> I mean, I think humans are infinitely, humans are infinitely creative. So if there's any fear and like people have asked, does this scare you as an artist? And if anything, it's sort of an enhancement tool. So given what you have, even this, if this seems to think for you, you're still going to be creative on top of that. So like, what do you do with the result? Does it inspire you to make something? Does it inspire you to make a whole video game? Does it inspire you to, to write something? So there's like something about it not actually competing with creativity. I have this sort of conversation a lot with music where people are often sort of abrasive with the fact that I do most all of my not most all, all of my production in the box uh, and my mixing and mastering in the box, which just means on the computer. People like to put their stuff on analog hardware and a lot of people consider that the right way to do it. But I love doing things in new ways that seem like cheating because when you can do certain processes easier and you don't have to spend the bulk of your time on those processes, you can start to stack those processes and see what emergent, you know, new processes you find. And that's sort of how art evolves. Like, electronic music expanded music so much because suddenly you could take any sounds that you already have and layer it with all these new sounds that we had discovered. May I speak on um, the effect that it's going to have on artists? Yeah, totally. Um, so I've been, um, I mean, I'm doing like other stuff now because I just kind of have to follow the money because I want to talk. But I've worked with like uh, the Sydney Opera House and I think Tim and Paul is probably my biggest client as an artist. Just visually, I do like album art, uh, poster art, and I'll do merchandise too. And every single artist that makes their own stuff from scratch should be um, proverbially, proverbially pooping their pants because it's, it's essentially going to eradicate, um, i got to say, like 90% of all, um, what do you call it, just uh, clients that are given a task and that can make it from scratch that are no longer essentially um, and that same insane leap that we saw with, for example, Photoshop and photographers on how, I mean, I remember just what phenomenon it was in the early 2000s to even be able to Photoshop a dinosaur next to a kitten and have it look like the same size. Like that was groundbreaking at the time. We've gotten used to it over a course of 20 or so years. But that same exact leap, except add times 100, is going to happen with the entire art field. I mean, you essentially have... All creative people everywhere are able to visually replicate exactly pretty much what's in their mind. And I love that. <laughs> a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people yeah. who, um, whose main job is yeah. to fill their, the role that most people don't have the ability to is going to go away. I would and say, like, yeah, it's you interesting. Have to, you have to pivot. Like, I see this as an opportunity to pivot. Like, if you have artistic experience and you can take what Dolly produces and add to that, then you're going to be ahead of the game. But if yeah. you are simply seeing it as a defeatist way, then you're going to be behind. But unfortunately, the hard work that many people have done is going to simply not matter. It's interesting. I, have to, I think historically, like artists even, 
our artists aren't even paid enough for all the work that they're doing. And something kind of interesting about this, which is like sort of strange take, but if assuming people will still hire artists and illustrators because they're not great curators of this, you know, Dolly, or they're not, or they still want someone else finessing the images. Or because artists, they're looking yeah, closely. Yeah, artists might be able to speed up their process so they would, you know, not like sometimes when I, I used to be an illustrator and I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't paid enough for the creative part of it, right? Like coming up with the composition and style. And if this like speeds up that, then I would feel like, oh, actually my hourly rate is now higher. So that's like one tiny benefit and that's like a weird take. Another sort of like trend to look at is how, you know, everyone walks around with a camera yet there's still a huge photography industry. And so I think like there will still like our, our society still values artists and their interpretation of the world and them selecting things. So I don't think it can kill it completely. In some aspects, it might, like editorial illustrations from publications who don't have a budget to hire illustrators, they might use this instead. Right. But, like, also, I think artists will still be there. I'm I was going to say, I, I'm in the corporate world, and the thought of using a Dolly image anytime soon, just from the legal, like the legal team and the legal sign-off that has to review every image we put out there, from a practical commercial enterprise point of view, I don't see any threat to the uh, to the Getty Industries of the world. Maybe the low end clip art gets gobbled up, but the higher end stuff that has to pass ethical and legal review before they can post an image, you know, for companies that are you know heavily, uh, uh, you know, we have lots of hoops to jump through with the SEC and stuff like that. I don't see any threat to the higher end of the uh, commercial photography field at all. This is an ad; it's a value. And somebody made the point. Uh, just a minute ago about stacking this is to me this is like this, this is like going from airbrush to photoshop it makes the airbrush irrelevant but now we can put airbrush on everything but it's not going to change what people want it's just going to make it quicker and easier to uh to make it happen but in certain industries the thought of using a computer generated image would open them up to like oh I, I didn't see that nazi symbol that randomly generated in the background right you know it, it was microscopic but it didn't get caught so you're going to pay people to scrutinize the randomly generated images, or are you going to use a reputable company to continue to do what you've done in the past? So as, as a YouTube creator, right? Like, and I, I pay for all the different services. I pay for iStock Photo. I use Unsplash. I have Storyblocks. I have Motion Array, right? Literally thousands a year. Um, I put out an article saying, you know, Dolly is like a lifesaver, right? And like, I've already used it in my work. Um, so if, if you're interested, like if you're speaking financially, like I was going to make a bet anyways on my podcast, I'm willing to bet at least a thousand dollars that all the different stock photography companies are in uh, for some heat over the next year or so because of Dolly. Now, the only contingencies are if Dolly opens up more um, as well as uh, the safety stuff. But if you're interested and you're confident, I'm happy to put a wager up on it and we can do it publicly. <laughs> but like I'm telling you as a user, like there's just so many different ways you can use Dolly. Um, that is just very helpful for the creative process. And the existing tools are so painful. The amount of times that you can't find an image, despite paying thousands of dollars, that's really where Dolly excels, right? And so, like, I mean, I, I disagree with you on that. But I, again, like, I don't think these companies are, are fully out the door, but I think, you know, they're in for some kind of some kind of rough waters going forward. There are huge I'm, ethics concerns. Oh, sorry, a company, like, I'll just, just, just a quick comment, then back, like back. Um, there's a company I know of that can't release tech that they have that is astounding. They cannot release it. 
simply because of the unanswered ethical questions. And they don't want to be the first company to have something go wrong and have their name attached to it. So there's, I, I'm not saying that tech won't be able to do it. I'm saying it's not as simple as, well, we have the technology, ethics questions. Anyway. I think it's I think it's pragmatic though, right? Like I, I don't think it's it's fear, and they are the first company to do this at the scale that they're doing it, especially with the best product on market, right? Um, and so I don't I don't fault anybody for pragmatism, right? Like that's that's a good thing, but regardless of their pragmatism or not, these companies should be sweating, right? And I don't know what they've been doing for the past five years because it was obvious for so long now that AI is heading in this direction. Um, and even with the stuff with VQGAN and Clip, I, I don't know, did these companies have research divisions exploring potentially doing something like Dolly, right? So um, th there's also other ways this goes, right? So, you know, Dolly and all these different models, like multimodality, soon they'll be dealing with video and audio as well. So if you're also thinking about stock photography from the different categories perspective, right, like how these companies sell videos and audio as well, that stuff is, is also going to get targeted eventually, I feel, right? Um, I, just, as, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm saying like just by the whole space, right? It, it may not be just OpenAI. It may be OpenAI. There may be multiple people involved. But also, like, I just want to say stock photography is not the biggest, you know, <laughs> industry in the world. Like, you know, I, I put out a whole video called Silicon Hollywood, right? Like, I think Hollywood should be sweating because of these kinds of technologies, right? Like, stock photography is not a big industry, right? Like, I think it's hundreds of millions of dollars. On the note of, of just sort of having the ability to see a concept in your head gated behind hiring a professional as a person who it, it, you know gets hired once in a while as the professional to render a thing i do like photography heavily edit, edited photography and then just like design work and that, that's all pretty abstract but that i i work very hard by hand on that's separate from the dolly work and i feel like independent of the fact that Dolly is fun to play with, I also, I want people to have it who aren't me. Like, I want people who see my art and who think, oh, I wish I could see something like that, but more like, it, it's sort, sort of like uh, Lapine or Danielle uh, was saying about the museum where, you know, you look at things and you think, oh, well, what if it was this? Or what if it was a little more like that? Or what if it was blue? I want people to be able to just do that. I don't enjoy art being scarce or the ability to see your ideas being gatekept. I feel like that feels really mm. artificial to me. I love that. I also think that there's this like sort of therapeutic benefit too. Like I have noticed exactly. that yeah. just being on Dolly sometimes improves my mood. Like I, it helps me like just take my mind off of things that escape to another world and i'd love to give access to people not even thinking about what are the things they're making like how will they share it what are just like let people explore because it's kind of an amazing like uh it's just an amazing mental experience to be able to visualize thoughts and escape images it's the benefit of any software that turns creative, quote unquote, working into a leisure activity and into an activity that's really comfortable. It makes the creativity very clearly viewable as a therapeutic thing, which I believe therapeutic or, or creativity is a therapeutic thing. And I think tools that make it very easy to access that level. A lot of people can't find the therapeuticness of drawing until they've gone to school for a little bit for drawing. Some people naturally can, but a lot of people can't. This is a thing that sort of evens that playing field and lets everybody enjoy making art. I agree with that point and that, um, you know, to also to what Danielle said, that it's um, 
in terms of, you know, giving folks a creative outlet, it's also a very low commitment. You're not having to stretch a canvas. You're not having to mix paints. And this is something that will be beneficial both to artists and anyone that wants to use it. So for the artist, you might test an image or concept that you have before you paint it. Um, that's something that I've done. I'm actually going to start painting one of my prompts because it came out different from my usual style. And as a metal worker, you know, maybe I have an idea for a sculpture, but I'm not you know, quite sure where it would fit or what, you know, where it should be displayed or even, you know, generally the form of it. Um, so I think it'll be a very assistive tool for other artists and then a wonderful way for folks that don't have that formal, you know, training or experience to exercise a creative outlet um, genuinely. And one thing I've really appreciated is how easy it is to use. It's not very complicated. I feel like if you can use a smartphone, you can use dolly you're not having to enter code you're not having to do anything complicated to to get what you want to see except for you know kind of developing your personal style for prompts or craft around this. so I'm, I'm personally like the the therapeutic aspects the you know assisted stuff i 100 agree but i'm i even think you know commercial viability today if it was publicly available um i think it's going to be commercially very successful right um, on my podcast, I've stated, I think Dolly is already worth billions of dollars. And the reason is I can see every VFX artist house in the world using Dolly. I can see any designer using Dolly. I showed it to my cousin and my cousin looked at me. He said, every student in the world, K to 12, will be using Dolly. And the biggest thing is I think Dolly will be a consumer adoption, right? It will go consumer first and then all these businesses will just start using it. And definitely like the, it's good for assets. So if you want to use the whole image, I put out a video where you can even use fragments of Dolly generations, use those as a part of your existing work, right? 3D textures for game development, that kind of thing. And even just for the concept stage too, I think Dolly is really valuable, right? Like if, if you're an industrial designer or, or that kind of thing. So I, I mean, I think any, any creative in the world will be using Dolly in a year. And so, which is why like I'm willing to put my money on it I'm happy to take that bet. I'm willing to put up to $5,000 that all these companies that are doing stock photography should be shorted. Yeah, so I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is if anybody it's, wants to take me up. It's funny, like in many ways, like that's a likely outcome. It also sucks if Dolly becomes very expensive because even for non-creatives to allow access to just use this tool because, you know, it's own art form and it's its own poetry. Like, yeah, it's, it's, unfor it's unfortunate to get to play with it because they deserve it too. Yeah. But what if it's so expensive that like only specific... yeah, that's what I'm yeah, yeah, I know. You're right. Pricing is pricing is a huge consideration. Access is a huge consideration. I mean, these things are, are still yet to be seen, but I'm, I'm really bullish on the commercial success of this product. And all of this stuff is exponential, right? And, and everyone listening, I encourage you take a look at Dolly one. Okay. The original announcement and take a look at Dolly two compare the quality of those results. This is in the course of one year. Um, so imagine what's going to be possible in the next few years going forward. Yeah, that also implies that um, I think a lot of other companies are also going to jump on this technology. Like, it's not just going to be OpenAI. Like, I really think that you're just going to see a whole bunch of different versions of this technology pop up because it's frankly inevitable. Um, so, so but even My biggest problem is, people, is people's concern with uh, the, the malicious intent. I can, the only thing I can think of that I've heard people make arguments for, like political images that are, you know, unidentified, um, 
a differential from an actual photo. But I, I've always had the argument with AI and those malicious intent, like pornography or political things or violent things. Yeah, it's, the possibility is always there. But I can, I can basically only real gatekeeping that's there for those violent images, those terrible things that can be done maliciously. Um, can be done in Photoshop today. It takes longer and it does require um, a skill set, but that really is the only gatekeep that is behind um, all these malicious concerns. Because in my opinion, it should just be open. Like people are going to be malicious with Photoshop, with GIMP, with 3D software, with anything. I mean, look at what they could do with movies. You can make anything look real. Um, so to hide that idea or that reason to not release it, in my opinion, is kind of bogus. Yeah, so also keep in mind that, you know, OpenAI has, has said that their models are specifically trained on uh, sets that have been very carefully chosen and reviewed to remove violent images, remove pornographic images. Um, so I think, you know, sure, people could find a way to generate malicious content, um, but they've done that step alone, like, you know, from, from square one to think of that, to keep that, you know, from being more of a possibility or a risk. Uh, back to that guy, uh, Herney Captain is my brother, and he works in the industry doing uh, design for film and TV, if you're interested in that angle of it. I'm sure that's what his question is about. Yeah, sorry, I, I cut off there. Uh, Twitter is oh, crazy. no worries. It's inevitable, it's, it's crashing on me. So so are, are you saying we want to just take one more question, is what you're saying? Uh, I, I'm happy to, but I'm also I'm happy to defer to whatever organization you're trying to do. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's do let's do one more question, and and then we can just do like a quick closing thoughts, really quick, um, yeah, and then that should be it. So, sorry, what was his name? Uh, on Twitter, it's Herney Kaplan. Okay. All right, how's it going? Uh, you are muted. Uh, yeah, uh, unmute yourself and go ahead. Bottom left. The Twitter spaces oh. was being glitchy for me. I'm not sure if others uh, and possibly Herney. swiped it down. It might be at the bottom and you have to tap it. I'm not sure. Okay, so uh, maybe we should take it as a sign. The app is crashing for me too. Yeah, uh, yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's it, crashing it, for me too. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Like we, we can DM take this offline, right? So uh, yeah, I'm absolutely. happy. To, I'm happy to hear the perspective as well as someone who works in film and TV. So um, I guess I guess just my quick closing thoughts. We'll just do a quick with the co-hosts. Is uh, you know, it's always an amazing product. I'm I'm really excited about it. And uh, just a quick plug. I, I made a YouTube series last year. It's called GPTX Dolly and Our Multimodal Future. And it's basically about like if you follow where something like GPT-3 or something like Dolly is going, what does it mean for the future of human creativity? How should we think about the future of AI and creativity? And um, you know, this was made before Dolly 2 was even released. It's something I'm, I'm really proud of. And I, I kind of think of it as a red pill if 
you're trying to understand why is AI art and creativity so exciting? Um, because I think a lot will be possible by the end of this decade that we simply could not dream of before. So anyways, that's that's my quick plug. Uh, August, did, did you have any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, ultimately, I just want to say, you know, as as a person who's mostly viewing this as someone who everybody is saying is going to lose my job, or at least, you know, one of the things I do as a viable job uh, because of this tech, I'm just wholeheartedly excited about it. Uh, I, I don't see it as threatening. I see it as exciting. And I see it as letting a lot of people into a space that I've had a lot of fun in. It's like why I think music should be easier to make. It's why I like Jukebox, which is another open AI. It's, the, it's their generative music thing. Um, yeah, I, I think the tech is really exciting. If you want to check out my Instagram, it's august.camp uh, with a K. And I post a bunch of Dolly images there. And uh, yeah, I just released an album. Oh, <laughs> that's up at all. Very exciting. Congratulations. Lupine, did you want to, did you have any closing thoughts? Sure. Uh, thank you. Um, I, you know, much like August, am very excited for, you know, more people or, or anyone to get access to this, really. I think this is just a tremendous tool for creativity. Uh, it's going to change things going forward, obviously. Um, and it's just, I'm very much a for the people kind of person. I, I want, you know, anyone that wants this to have it. And, you know, it's certainly... A journey and I look forward to a future where I get to see you know other people's uh, prompts and other people's creativity kind of shine through in their prompts and, and what they generate um, yeah thank you Isaac yeah thank you um, so yeah I, I can add that if you want to see what Dalek Dalit 2 can do um, just join um, the Dalit subreddit which has a lot of contributions from everyone in the community and thanks everyone who has already joined and thanks Isaac, for staying up with us I, I really appreciate you uh, working with us on the time zone piece always right. danielle um hey this was amazing to talk with all of you and yes i'm also like philosophically aligned that i love the idea that more people be inspired to make art or explore different facets of themselves or, you know, just have creative inspiration. So I am also for the people and it has so many surprising uh, use cases. Like for example, I did um, an image of the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, but with a train running across it, which currently it is just for cars. And then all these city planners DM'd me and they're like, I want Dolly to like, you know, bring to political meeting to like show people what is possible for city construction. And there's so many, there's so many, um, possible creative uses that will trickle through things we cannot even predict yet. So I'm very excited about seeing, putting this in many people's hands, not just people in the arts, uh, and seeing what is possible and how it ripples through other forms of life, not just still images. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I, I learned a lot. This was a great discussion. Uh, if you had a question and we didn't have a chance to get to it, I'm, I'm really sorry. You're welcome to DM me. I'll, I'll try my best to get back to you if, if it's something I can answer. Uh, but anyways, thank you so much. Thank you to the hosts. Thanks, everybody, tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Good job, everybody. Questions. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to be closing the room shortly. Bye. <laughs>